goals I do, having normal, healthy or Mediterranean diet, um, achieve a BMI 10% loss or get your BMI less than 25, activity, do 30 minutes five times per week, no cigarettes, no alcohol, have your blood glucose in the normal range, your HbA1c less than 7%, have your lipids at 4, 2, 2, 1. Blood pressure less than 130 on 80. Get your ACR less than 3.5 in men and less than 2.5 in women. And remain immunized for flu, pneumococcal and boostrix. So who should be screened for diabetes? Everyone over 40, everyone high risk and those with IGT every two years, three years. And if you're uh, Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander, uh, should be screened from 18 years. People at high risk of type 2 diabetes are people with impaired glucose tolerance or impaired fasting glucose. People with history of cardiovascular disease. If you're over 35 and you're from the Pacific Islands, China or India. If you're over 40 with a BMI more than 30. Or if you've got hypertension. If you're a woman with a history of gestational diabetes. If you've got PCOS and obesity. Or if you're an antipsychotic medications. <clears throat> How do you assess risk of diabetes? You use the OSD risk score. Uh, the clinical signs of insulin resistance are acanthosis nigricans, skin tags, central obesity, menstrual irregularity, and hirsutism. Diagnostic criteria for type 2 diabetes is to have fasting blood glucose greater than 7 on two occasions. Diagnostic criteria for impaired fasting glucose is to have a fasting blood glucose between 6.1 and 6.9 on two occasions. The diagnostic criteria for impaired glucose tolerance is to have a uh, OGGT, OGTT blood glucose at two hours between 7.8 and 11. So the general management principles of type 2 diabetes management is to register with the NDSS Notify the RTA, assess and resolve your modifiable risk factors, assess your cardiovascular risk and manage that, um, and refer to any diabetes teams. Uh, and people you can refer to in terms of allied health are diabetes educators, podiatrists, dentists, exercise physiologists, ophthalmologists and optometrists, psychologist, endocrinologist, pharmacist social worker, Aboriginal health worker, dietitian, prac nurse and community care nurse. Um, so, and just spearing off for a bit in terms of type 1 diabetes in adults, the investigations you can do are for 
GAD antibodies and IA2 antibodies if you're suspecting uh, onset of diabetes in adulthood. The components of lifestyle modification are physical activity, diet, weight loss, smoking and alcohol consumption. Things that can cause uh, a spuriously high HbA1c are iron deficiency anemia, splenectomy, alcohol and steroid therapy. Causes of low HbA1c would include hemolytic anemia, <coughs> acute blood loss, chronic blood loss and chronic renal failure. So in terms of the medications available, let's talk through those because that's half the battle. Uh, metformin reduces hepatic glucose output. So your liver is pumping out glucose constantly and this impairs your liver so you don't pump out glucose and improves your muscle insulin sensitivity. It doesn't stimulate insulin. The contraindications to metformin are if you've got a GFR, GFR less than 30. Sulfonylureas, how do they work? They increase insulin secretion. They're called insulin secretagogues. The side effects of sulfonylureas are weight gain, because you've got more insulin, that makes you fat. Symptomatic hypoglycemia, more insulin. And glipenglamide has high rates of hypos in the elderly, so the short-acting ones will have high rates of hypos. Acarbose inhibits digestion of crabs, carbs, that's pretty funny. Glitazones, such as pyoglitazone, rosiglitazone, work the same as metformin. So they stop your liver pumping out glucose and they sensitize your muscles to uptaking. <coughs> Contraindications to glitazones are moderate to severe cardiac failure. Because remember, rosiglitazone had that thing where it caused cardiac failure and an increased risk of bladder cancer. The side effects of glitazones are increased subcut fat or fluid, increased fracture risk, increased rates of MI, and increased LDL. Moving on to the incretins. So there's two types of incretins. There's DPP-4 and GLP-1. So DPP-4, GLP-1. DPP-4 are oral agents. GLP-1 are injectables. So the one looks like an I, and I means injectable. DPP-4s are the glyptins. So they're orals, oral glyptins. They increase the levels of incretin in response to food. And they do this by blocking the enzyme DPP-4, which breaks down GLP-1. They're weight neutral, they improve postprandial control, they rarely have hypoglycemias, and you can do dose reduction if your GFR is less than 60. The side effects of the DPP4 inhibitors are nasopharyngitis, headaches, and urtes. <coughs> the GLP1 agonists. So they make more GLP-1 directly. They're injectable, so the one looks like an eye, which is an injectable. 
Examples of GLP-1 injectable is exenatide. These act on the cerebral hormone responses to insulin and appetite, and they affect gastric emptying. <clears throat> so they agonize GLP-1, and GLP-1 is good, good to get sugar down. And lastly, there's SLG-2. Not sure if they're injectables or not. I think they're injectables. They inhibit SLG2 transporter, which is the renal glucose transporter. Uh, they induce glycosuria and thus you wee out the sugar. Now, over time, if that all fails, there's insulin, of course. <coughs> so, starting insulin, you start basal insulin, 10, 10 imperial units at bedtime, and you continue. You try to trade up and down every two days based on the mean fasting blood glucose by four units. That's all I'm going to talk about with starting insulin. Components of peripheral neuropathy on examination are decreased pinprick sensation, decreased vibration, decreased proprioception, uh, you can do test this by using a ten uh, two point discrimination by using ten gram monofilament pressure, the distal plantar and great toes and metatarsals. The goal of well diabetes in pregnancy is interesting. Um, so you want to try and maintain a diabetic range. Use folate 5 megs. Uh, I think you're just meant to use insulin in pregnancy. However, it says here that metformin and sulfurans don't appear teratogenic. And you want to make sure you're doing postprandial glucose monitoring. We'll talk more about that in the high risk pregnancy section. <coughs> uh, in terms of cardiovascular medications in a pregnant diabetic, Insulin is okay. ACE inhibitors should be stopped. Um, you should replace <coughs> ACE inhibitors or ARBs. ARBs should be stopped. Replace those with methyl dopa, nifedipine, or labetalol, and you should stop statins. The definition of gestational diabetes is if your fasting blood glucose is more than 7.8, and you would progress to OGTT. The OGTT equals GDM if your two-hour blood sugar on OGTT is greater than eight. <clears throat> you should manage your pregnant diabetes with insulin, I think. And then afterwards, you need to be aware that you've got a higher rate of transition to type 2 diabetes. So you should have a fasting blood glucose every three years. And consider more strongly your preconception advice in future. Diabetes sick day management, you need to treat the underlying cause that's causing the sickness. You need to increase your self-monitoring. Um, make sure you've got accessible medical care. Don't cease your medications. You may need to, if you're on insulin, you may need to change it on the days that you're sick. And you may need to add more oral hypoglycemic agents. Diabetes and driving, the diabetes must be well controlled and the HbA1c must be less than 9%. 
And in terms of the annual cycle of care, you want to do weight and height every six months, blood pressure, six monthly, foot exam, lipids yearly, HbA1c yearly, microalbuminuria yearly, GFR yearly, self-care education yearly, medication review yearly, and eye exam second yearly. That's it.